0: Before you're seated this morning, I actually want to give you point number one today, and then I want to read a scripture that I referenced last week. And I, and I believe that this is important at times that we actually stand. Throughout the Old Testament and into the New Testament day of Jesus, whenever they read the Word of God, everyone would stand in attention. And they would allow the Word of God to seep in through their standing in attention. It was a very reverent opportunity that they had. Point number one, and you don't have to write it down. It's in your bulletin. We can uh, write it down for you, or or it's online as well. But number one is where you are planted. This is like the number one for this series. Where you are planted affects what you produce. As we go into this series that we believe the Lord led us, and I'm going to show you just how much he led us before the end of this message today. As we go into this series called Planted, I think it's important that we understand, and and specifically in the context of this passage that I preached last week and that I wanted to go back to to open up the message today. It is important that we, individually and as a church, understand that where we are planted affects what we produce. Let me show you what I mean. Genesis chapter 2 verse 8, you don't have to read it out loud with me, but I would welcome you to follow along on the screen. The Bible says, then the Lord God planted. He planted a, not a graveyard, come on somebody, that's not where you're supposed to live. The Lord God planted a garden. Now you can tell when something is a garden and you can tell when something is a graveyard by what it holds and by what is or is not being produced there. See, you can't kick over a flower pot in a garden. Come on, because why? Cause it's connected. Oh, I want to preach. I got to read. Then the Lord God planted a garden. And God didn't show me this scripture until after we had determined this series. This was confirmation that we were headed in the right direction. He planted it in the Eden, in the east. And, and there he placed a man, a person, a woman he had made. He formed them both in His image and likeness. Verse 9, the Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground. He made the trees grow up from the ground because the trees were planted. And He made them grow up, trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. Now let me point something out here. Again, i got to try not to preach too much before I preach. But I just want you to understand that the tree came from the same ground that you came from. The tree was planted in the same dust that God formed you from. So if God planted the tree in the dust, and the tree grew, and the tree produced fruit, come on somebody, this ought to stir something inside of you, then God planted you from the ground, and you should grow, and you should produce fruit. The same that he had for the tree that came from the ground, he has for you that came from the dust as well. In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life, Wish I had more time to preach that right there. Sign up for a freedom group. You can understand how important this is. He placed the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, verse 10. And you're gonna hear this word throughout this series because God keeps confirming it over and over again. The Bible says in verse 10, a river flowed. Now, I preached it last week. You had to go back and listen to that. But this is the first time that we see a river. Before that, it was just a spring. Before that, it was just a mist coming up from the ground. Now listen, a mist can do a lot. And where I live, I wake up every morning with a mist. My father-in-law, who lives in North Louisiana, he came outside of my house when they were here for Christmas, and he said, did it rain last night? I said, no, it's like this every day. (laughs) Looks just like this every morning. (laughs) But there's a difference. Come on, and you having a mist on your yard There's a difference between you having a mist in your heart and you having a river in your yard and you having a river in your heart. But watch, this wasn't about the place that had the river. It's a twofold. A river flowed from. So the river was for and from. That's important because if you don't understand that the river is not just for you, then you'll drown in it but the river flowed from the land of Eden, watering the garden and dividing it into four branches. Come on, pray with me one more time. Father, I thank you for your word. God, I pray that you would open up our heart this morning. God, to receive what you would have us to hear and to receive. God, open up our ears today. Help us to not be distracted. Help us to be engaged and attuned. And Father, in the name of Jesus, because the Bible says that our human carnal mind cannot understand the things of God, but by the Spirit of God. So I pray, Spirit of God, you would give us comprehension in this house this morning. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Come on, give him praise before you seated today. <clears throat> Turn around and, 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 and fist bump three or four people that you haven't spoken to yet. There's revival in the church that's not in my key I'm gonna sing it higher hey didn't our worship team do an incredible job this morning come on somebody sometimes you got to remind yourself of how good you have it I don't know if you've ever been to a church it didn't have such a great worship team but I have and I am grateful. Come on, somebody, to have a great worship team. Um, I, I'm thankful for the resource that God sends us, and God usually sends resource in people. You know what He usually does? As I get going today, it has nothing to do. What God usually sends you, He usually sends you what you need in who you didn't need. Oh, my bad. In other words, God will send you the answer to your prayer wrapped up in somebody you're supposed to reach. He's going to send you a dirty little sinner that's going to drive you crazy, but he wants you to disciple the person. And if you'll disciple the person, then the person will help you reach the destiny that God had for both of you. I don't know who that's for. It just came to me right now. Discipleship is dirty. I don't know if you've dug around in the dirt recently, but being planted is not always clean. Now, Chris, don't do gardens, Okay. I kill gardens, but I don't do them. I'm not good at them. So this series is important for me from a spiritual perspective because that's the only thing this dude's planning. I'm telling you right now. I was asked recently, it is just an impromptu question based upon all the things that we're seeing happen in the lamp. By the way, the world is not any worse than it's ever been, just for the record. okay? So stop with the doom and gloom stuff. It's not worse than it's ever been. You hear more about than, it, than it's ever been. You see more, and, and more is celebrated. I was, somebody told me yesterday, You know, I don't remember exactly who said it to me, but they, were, they read just in the New York Times recently about a return to paganism. Now, that, what they're referencing is the belief system of the Roman Empire. Okay? Now, that was a bad day, just for the record. Go back and read, read about that. But in the context of all that we see, okay? Because things are not worse than they've ever been. They're just as bad as they've ever been. And it's more advertised in social media and mainstream media. And they're trying to promote and push agendas more than they've ever tried to promote. Because beforehand, they couldn't get away with it. But now, more people want to live the way that they want to live, et cetera, et cetera. In light of that, someone asked me, Man, where do you think the church is going to be in 20 years? Where is the church going to be in 20 years? And, and without really thinking, I responded, which is not something I recommend. <laughs> Thank you. You did way better with that than first service. First service said there I was like, what? Yeah. So then I had to explain why you're not supposed to just respond without thinking. And it was like the light bulb came on some people at eight, at eight o'clock this morning. Anyways, so I responded, and it was just, just right in course. When that person said, where do you think the church is going to be in 20 years? I said, sifted or struggling. Just in course. And, and I think, although this doesn't happen often, this once, God was covering me when I just responded without thinking. Because it's true. The church within 20 years, which by the way, you are the church. Okay? The church is the body of Christ made up of the children of God. That's what the church is. So the church as a whole is only as healthy as the individuals in the whole church. with me okay so in 20 years you will either be sifted or struggling in other words if you try to stay connected right now to the things that God wants to prune off of you then you will not produce what you are supposed to produce in 20 years because you have sucker branches in your life that are sucking the life out of the things that God has for you. So the things that are supposed to be being produced on the next branch up and or the next branch over are being consumed by the sucker branches that are not supposed to be there. And so the church, you, in 20 years, you will either be sifted the way that you're supposed to be or you will be struggling in things that you are not supposed to be. Now, there's a third possibility that I actually prayerfully considered, which is how I recommend responding two, impromptu questions. The third possibility is that in 20 years, the church will be more stable and stronger than it's ever been before. The third possibility for you in your life is that in 20 years, you will be more spiritually strong and stable than you have ever been before. Way more than you are right now, no matter how great you are right now. And I believe that for this church because I'm not pastoring a struggling church. Because I'm not going to be allowed to live, and you can ask five foot two, a hundred pounds. I'm not going to be able to live a struggling life. I'm not just a sinner saved by grace, struggling, trying to make it through my next day. No, no, no. I am born again, baptized in the Holy Spirit, resurrected from the dead, created to accomplish what God created me to accomplish in his image and for his glory. I don't know about you, but that don't sound like struggling. And I don't plan on struggling. I mean, there's going to be some struggles. But just because there are struggles doesn't mean that you have to struggle. Do you notice that Jesus slept in the storm? To show you that you don't have to get on the other side of something in order to have peace inside of something. John chapter 16. I quoted it last week, but I quoted it incorrectly. Nobody even pointed it out to me. Now, I want to remind you, before I get to John chapter 16, I want to remind you that Jesus Christ made a promise. He said this, I will. He said, I will. This is not, this is not negotiable. This is not a probability. This is a biblical promise. It is an absolute, eternally. I will build my promise church, big C, okay? the, The universal church that the Apostles' Creed was pointing to. This is not a New Hope thing. This is not a Methodist thing. It's not a Protestant thing. It's not a Catholic thing. Jesus said, I will build my church, okay? That's a promise, and the gates of hell don't stand a chance against it. Now, that's my interpretation, but they will not be able to stand against it, So with that in mind, if you are part of his church, then he is promising that he will build you just like the tree that grew and produced fruit. And so Jesus says in John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that you may have peace. Now, last week, I ended it right there. And then I went to the next line. But that's because I just looked at it and then came up here and started talking about it. And that's why it's so important that we rehearse scripture even if we remember them. Because the Bible actually says in this passage, I have told you these things so that you may have peace, where? In me. See, where you are planted affects what you produce. And Jesus said, if you're not in me, if one thing is true, then the opposite on behalf of Christ is also true. If you're in me, you will have peace. If you're not in me, then you probably are not going to have peace. In fact, you will be more distracted by problems than you will be inspired by peace. But Jesus said, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's a new year, a new you. No, it's the same. You still you. You're going to break resolutions. I give it two weeks. Two weeks. Top's, But go ahead and go sign up with all those gym memberships because I am for supporting local business. Just go sign up. I'm helping you out. Anytime, Cajun, CrossFit, I don't care. Go sign up. Give them your money. Some of you going to go for a little while. And they're going to set you up on recurring payments, and you're going to be happy to set up that a recurring payment, even though you'd be offended if I did it to you. Now, oh, they have done gone somewhere. I don't have nothing to do with what I'm preaching today. Y'all are fun. (laughs) Jesus said, I told you this so that you may have peace in, and the root word right here is N-E-N, ego. Now, the translation there is E-M-O-I, M-O-I or M-O-I, however you want to pronounce that, but the root is ego. I'm going to come back to it. Here on earth it's gonna stink I think it's important for you to understand that because people quit living for Jesus when things don't work out the way that they wanted to and that's because you don't know your Bible because you're not serving the same Jesus as I am because my Jesus said while you're here there are times it's gonna stink and I wanted to say suck but I didn't say it I said stink what Oh, she said, stop. I didn't say it in first service. I felt her watching. I felt it. I was hoping she was distracted by something and this something, but she wasn't. She was listening. Sometimes it just stinks. And and, hey, listen to me, hear me. In 2022, the devil will give you an excuse to stop living for Jesus. I'm telling you right now. Now you can't be surprised because I done told you. In fact, he will give you multiple reasons to stop living for God. And some of you, he will give you multiple reasons to leave this church even though you love it. And it won't be a spirit-filled release. It'll be because you're offended and or annoyed and you'll go somewhere else and you'll miss out on what God had for you here. I'm just rebuking the devil right now because I don't like losing people. I don't like losing people to the world or other churches. (laughs) I was a cute, I'm gonna say it. I was accused one time not looking at her. I'm gonna talk to y'all too. I just I'm gonna block right here. I was accused one time. Well, all y'all do is steal people from other churches. I ain't never stole nobody from other church. I just don't send sheep back to dry fields. Come on, somebody, I'm trying to help. I'm trying to hey, I wasn't supposed to say that, I could feel it. Does that face mean you're proud of me or no? I think that's no. Hey, look, I'm hungry. I'm not talking about physically like I ate a really good breakfast because that's the last one I'm going to have till January 24. <laughs> but I'm hungry for what God has. I'm not just hungry for what God has for me, I'm hungry for what God has for you. And Jesus said, in this life you will have excuses and the enemy will give you reasons not to serve the Lord. You will face trials. You will have sorrows. And really, in the original term, it was just one word. You will have tribulation. In other words, the enemy will attack you, and the world will let you down. People in the world will let you down. But then Jesus follows up with another promise. Because every time he gives a warning, come on somebody, he gives a word. And the word that follows the warning today is fear not take heart. Why? Because I ain't even been to the cross yet. I ain't even been resurrected from the dead, and yet I have overcome the world. Somebody needs to know today that Jesus wasn't died, wasn't crucified on the cross, and placed in the tomb because the world needed to be overcome. The world was overcome when God said, let there be light. The reason that Jesus left his throne and came down to earth is so that you could begin to walk in what he already said you could walk in and you could accomplish what he has already determined that you would accomplish because if he has overcome the world and greater is he that is in me then what in the world can come up against me in 2022 as it has tried to every other year before this I have overcome the world you're not going to have peace out there the stock market can't give you peace. You can plan and pray and, 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 and prepare for retirement, and I recommend it. I got a plan. And it ain't that Jesus comes back before I have to retire. That's part of my prayer. That's not part of my plan. In fact, I'm giving Jesus two years. I got an 11-year-old. I ain't trying to have three teenagers in my house at the same time but I'm preparing. (laughs) He said, I have overcome the world. He said, in, in me. He said, in ego. And by the way, that is a word that is only used about an individual when that individual wants to emphasize self. And so Jesus, come on, he's texting in all caps. Stop doing that, by the way. Stop screaming at people when you text, okay? (laughs) I can read in small letters. I don't need you to capitalize everything that you think you want to say. That's why they have exclamation marks, okay? Stop screaming through cell phones. All right, so, but Jesus right here, he said, I'm telling you this because I want you to have peace. All caps, can you see it? In me. That's where you'll find peace. In me. I preached early December, late November. I can't remember exactly when it was. And in the middle of the message, because we had already prayerfully considered where we wanted to go in January. That's vision. Vision is the potential between where you are and where God wants you to be. And so we're always thinking about where God wants us to be while being faithful where we are. So you can do both. You don't have to choose. So we were talking about this series called Planted, and I actually said it on Sunday morning. And then we decided to preach a transitional message called In the Garden, or Into Gardens. And my wife came up to me between services right back here. And she said, did did you say you're doing a series called Planted? And I said, I think so. Because sometimes I forget what I said. And she goes, did I tell you my vision? And I said, I don't think so. I was praying to God that she didn't, and I was <laughs> not just during a football game or you know whatever. I did too. No, no, I was like, I didn't tell you my vision? I said, I, I don't think so. She said, so you're, y'all are doing planted? Yes, and I didn't tell you my vision. Baby, I don't know how many more times you ask. I don't know how else to communicate what I'm saying. She goes, well, I gotta tell you my vision. I'm like, please, in the name of Jesus, tell me the vision. I'm listening, all ears, look right here. So today, Instead of having her tell it or me come up and try to translate, (laughs) I I asked her to record it for multiple reasons. One, because I want you to attentively hear with your spirit, again, what the Lord has to say to you today. But then I also want you to be able to reference it as we move forward. Let's play the recording of her vision.
1: About a month ago, the Lord gave me a vision during my prayer time. I say vision because I was awake. I was not asleep. I just had my eyes closed, and it's almost like I see a movie play in my mind. I used to think it was my imagination, just me making up things, but as I've grown, um, I've realized that it's just one way that God uses to show me things and to speak to me. So I just want to share a vision that He gave me. I'm going to read some of it so I don't miss some of the details. Um, So, this is what I saw. I saw a forest of trees, like I was in a big forest and I saw just a forest of trees of all different types of trees, all different types of sizes, and then I could see the inside of the trees. It's like they turned transparent. And I could see through the ground, I could see the roots, I could see all the way from the root to the top on the inside of the tree, and some of the trees were hollow some of the trees had termites and some of the trees were whole and strong. And then I was walking through the forest and I saw these big giants walking like v fa fo fum giants and they were walking towards me and they were ripping up the trees from the ground. Now the trees that were strong and whole, they would they would try to pull and they could not uproot them. But the ones that were unhealthy, the ones that were hollow, and not strong, they were being destroyed. And then it's like the picture flipped and a storm began to come and the wind started to blow and it started to rain heavily and it started raining so hard that um, I started seeing rivers flowing around me and the trees that the giants did not get that were unhealthy, the water began to sweep them away. After the storm, the only trees standing were the ones that were strong and healthy. Now they looked raggedy, their limbs were broken, the, um, their leaves had fallen off. They were completely bare, but they were still there. Then I saw the sun. See why I say it's like a movie? <laughs> Just kind of the scene switches. The sun came out and the limbs started growing back and the leaves started sprouting and they began to bear fruit. Now, these trees were not fruit trees at the beginning, so they became something completely different than what they were. The seeds from the fruit that were on the trees began to fall from the trees like rain in the ground, to the ground, and it's like I could see the ground, like I could see through the soil. Again, it was like transparent, and they were taking root, and trees were beginning to sprout in the place of the ones that were destroyed.
0: Yeah. Now, if, if God doesn't speak to you that way, then uh, you're in good company. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> but he just did if you listened to what he said. So I want to ask a question on the end of that that I think you need to ask yourself. Very simply, what kind of tree am I? What am I producing? Am I whole as God wants me to be? Or are there holes in me that God wants to fill? What kind of tree am I? Is my relationship with Jesus, here's the question that I had in my notes before I listened to her vision, is my relationship with Jesus where it could be? Now listen, this is a time to really hone in because I used a specific word because God told me to. I wanted to say, is my relationship with Jesus where it should be? But I deleted it when I wrote it, and I was corrected by God in this moment. I need you to understand something. This is not another series. Like this is not another good opener to a year. We have heard a word from the Lord for this year. He said, I want you to reflect. When you look in the mirror, who do you see? And when you look inside, who do you sense? When you look past the surface and you can see the trunk of what actually exists internally, is it strong and stable, growing and ready to produce, or is it struggling? and being sifted. And by the way, I want you to notice in this vision, I need to write this down so that I tell third service. I want you to notice that in the vision that God gave her, when the tree was broken down, it was right where it was supposed to be. When you feel broken down and beat up by everything that the world has done and even some of the mistakes that you have made, I came to tell somebody today, get ready to start producing fruit. You are right where God wants you to be. Come on, if you believe it, go ahead and praise him like you believe it. Is my relationship with Jesus where it could be? Not not condemnationally, like, is it should? No, no, no. Is it where it could be? And if it's not, then that's why you're here. And by the way, nobody in the room has arrived right where God wants you to be. There's somewhere else for you to go in your relationship with him. There are new things that he wants to show you. Number two, if I'm never planted, I may never produce. If I'm never planted, I may never produce. This is where we got the idea of this series from. I had them find me this glass and this was mostly their idea I had some of it but but all of us are smarter than any of us and and I surround myself with a lot more creative people I don't know if I've ever told you this or not but but I am not an out of the box thinker okay I'm not a pessimist I'm not an optimist like I don't look did you see what I just did with pessimism and optimism I'm not either one of those I'm just a realist okay the glass is not half empty the glass is not half full it's not my glass somebody drank out of it I don't care whether it's full or not okay that's my perspective of reality. And so I don't see outside of the box. If I'm in the box, all I can think about is how to get out of the box. I don't care what's outside of the box, because I'm not outside of the box. I just need to figure out how to get out of the box. That's my perspective, okay? So I surround myself with people that have a better perspective, and they begin to give me these ideas. And in this idea, we had this, 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 this plant. And right now, this plant If you notice, it's not actually planted. It's potted. This is a potted plant. In fact, currently, the capacity of growth for this plant is subject to this container. And I believe that we have way too many container Christians... People who have become comfortable over the last season and or the last several seasons with just simply producing what you can produce in the current container. And if anybody shakes the container or moves the container, then you get offended and you get upset because you're not really planted, you're potted, and because you're potted, you're portable. So you move with every fad. You move with every wave. You become weary when the world does certain things, and you feel confident when the world does certain things. You ebb and flow every four years depending on, oh I can't get no help today. You're potted in something but you're not planted in someone. And right now your ability to grow is limited by the container that you have become comfortable with. And so I say get out of the container. It is not time to just go from one container to another container. This is a great place to be. Why? Because if I'm in this glass, then the enemy doesn't have anywhere to hide. Come on. When you're transparent, he can't tempt you. But still, even in this, even though I'm transparent, even though I'm being honest, I'm still portable. And so if anybody does anything that I don't like, I will transport. See, the reason that many people do not transform is because they keep transporting. And if you will stop transporting, then God will begin transforming. But until you become planted, see, if I take the roots of this plant, which are currently confined to the previous container and will only become growth in the container that it is now in, I have to remove every container. And if I take this little tree and I plant it out there by that gully that has natural fermentation coming right down from the water system purification, the treatment plant, just right there. It's interesting that just, side note, real quick, I can smell the water treatment plant. The water treatment plant can run through our property, but I can't get connected to the water treatment. I can't get on the city sewage, but I can have the city sewage. I take you, take the city sewage back, and I will get, anyway, so, now, actually, our, our city officials are working with us to help us get some of that stuff taken care of, and, and it was just funny. It, it's, it's ironic, right? But <laughs> the point is, if I plant this where it's supposed to be planted, then it will produce what it's supposed to produce. Nothing is going to change this year unless you allow God to change it. Because he hadn't changed. I preached on... December 26th. I didn't want to preach Christmas message. Why? Because Christmas was over. Right? Like, they went home with the baby, y'all. And if you've gone home with a baby, you know that the honeymoon is over. In the hospital, they were so good. Oh, they slept all night long. Yeah, because you gave them something to sleep all night long. Liars. Liars. Took Adeline home, y'all. She was broke. <laughs> she needs something. There's something wrong with this thing. They said she was good. The devil is a lie. <laughs> I didn't preach Christmas on twenty-sixth because I felt like God was ready to move. Even though, like, on the 26th, my little wife was running all She was packing all the Christmas stuff. I was like, dang, good day? Can I just 24 hours? Can I, like, still pretend we got a day? Or No, 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 we got to put this up. Do you know how busy we're going to be next week? If we don't get this put up now, we're never going to get it put up. If I don't get it put up, are you going to put it up? I got to get it out of the garage so you go to bed in the attic. If you don't get up in the attic, we're never going to get it put up. It's going to sit out there until next year, and we're going to put it back up in next November. It's just going to sit there all year long. Got to put it up now. Put it up now. Let's put it up now. Kids, keep putting stuff up. But you don't put Jesus in the Christmas box. Come on, he's alive all year round. He wasn't born and staying a baby. He was sent here to grow. And you were created to do the same. But if you're not planted in the right place, then you will never produce the right thing. You must be planted in Christ and planted in his word. Consider with me the word that we use to describe or the figure of speech that we use to describe our use of time. When we use our time, we call it spending our time. Why? Why do we say spending our time? Did you spend your time? We spent our time packing up boxes. We spent our time mowing in December. What in the world is going on? I am cursing the ground upon which I ride. <laughs> Stop going! See, <laughs> because the only thing that grows in the winter is a weed. And you get frustrated because you're not growing, but what you don't understand is that in the winter, you're developing. You're not producing the fruit that you wanna produce because you are establishing roots that you need to establish. And it's not until the roots are planted and the roots are developed that you will actually begin to bear and produce the fruit from which you were planted the problem is too many people move before they start to produce we don't stay now I'm not saying that there's not seasons of transition and there's not a time for a new job or a new house or a new vehicle or or even a new town a new community or or even a new church but can I tell you how many people I have seen leave The body of Christ and the Holy Spirit did not release them they just rebelled they weren't released they removed themselves they were not released by God if God releases you don't stay here but if you're just being offended and you're removing yourself It's important to understand, if you remove yourself from something before God releases you from something, then you will miss out on what you were supposed to produce in the place that you just left. Are you planted or portable? We describe using our time with a figure of speech, spending our time. So the a simple evaluation is what did you spend your time on in 2021? Because that's what you're producing. See, I know in my head that if I want to produce what I'm supposed to produce, then I have to prioritize what I spend. And some of you hold on tighter to money than you do time. Come on. You're greedy with money, but you take time for granted. Have you ever noticed that? That we are more likely to waste our time than we are to waste our money. Well, I got news for you it ain't yours, no more than time is. It's on loan to you to be stewarded properly, time and treasure. And time, just like finances, just like treasure, time has to be stewarded properly. In order to be stewarded properly, it has to be prioritized because if it's not prioritized, then it will not produce, just like finances, it will not produce what it was supposed to produce. You only have a limited amount of it. How are you spending it? You don't have more time than you have money. Some of you are like, Pastor, you don't know me. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. The Bible says that moth and rust will destroy earthly treasure. Like, that's going to happen. But life is but a vapor. So I know if I want to produce, let me say it this way, priorities drive Productivity. So I know if I want to produce what God has for me to produce in 2021, then A number one, I have to prioritize God. I have to prioritize Jesus and his church, which you've done today on this very first Sunday. I have to prioritize Jesus and spending time with his people. I have to prioritize Jesus in spending time in his presence. That has to be a priority for me because Jesus is not something that you try. Church is not something that you try. Jesus is either who you are or he's not who you are. The church is either who you are or it's not who you are. You don't try Jesus on like a pair of pants and decide whether you like the fit. You surrender your all to the Savior, and then he makes things fit whether you like it or not. Come on, somebody. He's like, you like a toddler. You gonna wear that. I ain't talking about it no more. <laughs> well, pastor, you know, my, my marriage just isn't working out. Marriages don't work out. You work on them. Well, my relationship with God, he's just not answering the way that I want him to. Then shut up and start listening. Stop telling him what you want and start listening to what he has. Well, my relationship with my kids, it's just not working. No, you're not working it out. Well, you don't know my kids. No, you don't know my king. Come on, this time. Listen, Jesus Christ, is he didn't say, I'm going to build a wimpy church. He didn't say, I'm coming back for a bunch of spirit-filled sissies that know how to be emotional on Sunday. Come on, somebody. We're just going to get southern this morning. He's not coming back for a whining church. Well, I'm just sick of how people... If you knew how everybody treated me in my office, then you... Well, I know that God is going to continue to send you the same challenges because the one person that you can't run away from is yourself. Yes. Yes. It is by grace that you have been saved through faith. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Praise God. But you are God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus for good works. So I came to give somebody a prophetic word this morning about your relationship with Jesus. I came to give you a prophetic word about your marriage, about your relationship with your daughters and your sons, about your relationship to the church, about your relationship with friends, about your attitude towards your job, your employer and or your employees. Stop whining and get to work. I'm trying to help you. You can be mad if you want to or you can be anointed and actually accomplish what God has for you. Come on, you were cheering me earlier but now I'm coaching you and you don't like it. When I told you what you could do, you got excited. When I told you what you have to do in order to accomplish what you could do, see, there's a difference. It's time for the church to become planted. Because if I'm not planted in Christ, if I'm not planted in my marriage, if I'm not planted in my parenting, if I'm not planted in my purity, if I'm not planted in my calling, if I'm not planted where I am, then I will give myself credit for being faithful just because I'm around. But when I'm planted, I don't give myself credit for being faithful because being faithful is just a requirement. But being fruitful is a command. Jesus says in John chapter 15, verse five, a very familiar passage. Come help me as we almost close. John chapter 15, verse 5. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, so I don't have to explain it as much. Jesus said, hey, I am the vine. I am the vine. And you, your branches. By the way, some of y'all sucker branches. I'm just saying. (laughs) You know the difference between a leader and a leech? I teach this whenever God gives me an opportunity to speak into young leaders and or fellow leaders, the difference between a leader and a leech, only one of them can be led. See, a leader will receive life from you, but a leech will suck the life out of you. They both want life, and you have to minister to the leech. You got to be careful because a leech could become a leader at any point. So you have to minister to the leech, but you have to invest in the leader. And whether you are a leader or a leech is completely up to you. Whether you're a sucker branch that ultimately becomes sifted, or whether you are a branch that is surrendered to the vine, is completely your choice. He said, I am the vine, you are the branch. If you abide or remain there it is again, in ego, emphasis. Jesus is saying, in me and nothing else. That's where you're planted. And then everything else is a byproduct of the fact that you are planted here, in me. And then he says, and I in you. Oh, come on. See, in both of those, I have some responsibility. Remember that old song? Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. I think my mama used to try to scare me with that song. My Sunday school teacher definitely did. Sunday school was what we would do before we went to church. And we hoped, in the name of the Lord, that our Sunday school teacher would bring donuts or biscuits to make it worth coming. Sometimes they did. Sometimes they didn't. When they didn't, I went to the bathroom, and I never came back. (laughs) So I had to go to Bible college to learn the stories. It says, oh, be careful little eyes what you see. Oh, be careful little ears what you hear. And then it goes, cause the father up, hold on. Hey, where is he? Hang on, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where is God? He's not up there. He's right here. He's not looking over your shoulder. He's looking through your eyes. He's watching what you're watching. He's hearing what you're hearing. He's sensing what you're sensing. We do not serve a God that sits up on a throne like a Lincoln Memorial waiting to kick us down to hell like the ants that we are. That is not who he is. He's right here. He's looking right where you are. He knows our passcode. He knows our deepest desires. He knows our thoughts before we have them. And yet he says, I am the vine. You are the branch. Remain in me and I in you, and you will produce. It doesn't say some. Not, and you'll produce some fruit. Feel better about yourself. You won't be as bad as you used to be. That people, and it's okay, like I'm for, I'm for celebrating the small victories. Like we do that on purpose. It's a value, because I don't like it. Because I have to do it. And people come up to me like, well, I'm not as bad as I used to be. Well, praise God. You used to be going to hell. I'm thankful you're not doing that anymore. Praise the Lord. It's like my son, when he comes up to me, he's like, Daddy, I picked up my room. Well, praise God, I don't have to beat your tail. Glory to the Lord. Because I heard your mama tell you seven times, I'm so glad you finally did what you were told. I'm not going to tie-tie you on the way to heaven, okay? I don't care. You do what you're supposed to do. Good for you, okay? I spent way too much time under way too many mean coaches, okay, to give participation trophies. (laughs) And by the way, the Bible that I read, there's some crowns. But before they're presented to Jesus, come on, I'm trying to help a participation trophy generation right now. Before the crown is presented to Jesus, it has to go through the fire. And the fire, hear me, the fire either purifies it or it punishes it. And there's no in between. I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, then you will bear much fruit, but watch, your church. apart from me. In other words, if you're not planted, You can do nothing. So number three, and by the way, this is not the time to exit. It's the time to examine. And if you get up within the next five minutes, I'll be disappointed for you. It is what it is. Pretend we're in a two-hour movie right now and you're really entertained. Number three, I'm encouraging you over the next 21 days to give something up so that you can grow closer to God. As Ezra did, the nation of Israel, as Jesus told his disciples, this kind of faith, did you know that there are some things in the kingdom of God that you cannot walk in unless you fast and pray for them? There is a measure of relationship with Jesus that you cannot have until you fast and pray. Preach that in the churches that some of us grew up in. no no no. Jesus said this kind this kind it only comes through prayer and fasting in other words Jesus had just told them that they are a perverse and faithless generation mean old Jesus Jesus must not want to grow a church must want everybody else to go to somebody else's church he's hateful I came here to be encouraged my you what's going on No, no, no. Faithless, you're too connected. You're too disconnected from God. Perverse, you're too connected to the world. And so Jesus said, in order to reverse that, you have to fast from the world, disconnect from the perverse. And you have to pray to God. So reconnect to faith. So I ask again, for the next 21 days, I'm calling you to a fast and prayer. It's not so that you can be beat down and starving. In the Bible, fasting always had to do with food. It did, throughout Scripture. But in the Bible, food was their main vice. And we have all kinds of vices food, drink, cell phones, entertainment, television, social media, I don't know what you need to fast. The first fast I ever did was meat for seven days. I thought I was gonna starve to death. God told me to fast meat, God told her to fast carbs. We are watching one another eat for seven days. Eating our food. first time I went to fast I forgot I told her she forgot to tell her family I went over to her parents house it was like every form of chicken that you could think of spread across the house and I was like Lord I think maybe you wanted me to start this tomorrow right (laughs) here we recommend that you fast at least one food item something you can you can do, but something that will that that will make you consider Jesus often, and then you fast one culinary, and one cultural, one behavioral, entertainment, cell phones, social media, whatever it may be, whatever's taking your time up. In our house, every year, our children know we help them do it with us. We We train them in the way of the Lord so that they shall not depart. We don't tell them, we train them. We're going to do this together. So for 21 days, we fast television. Unless we come together and we watch a movie and pop popcorn and make a memory. And during the national championship. Because the Lord told me, what? It's... You never know who may be playing, okay? It's one game, it's two hours. I add it to the end of my fast, okay? That's what we do. And you laugh, but I'm telling you, it took me like seven years to work out the fact that for the next seven days, I'm gonna start by drinking liquids only for the next seven days. So if I seem like in a bad, I'm in a bad mood, it's because I am. Well, you just don't, are you okay, baby? No, I'm hungry, stop asking me. I'm in a bad mood. But, but I got to wash my face and smile, right? Because that's what the Bible says that you're supposed to do. I really don't even want to do it. But every year, Pastor Weston and Ken Morrow spend the first seven days not eating food. And I'm like, well, I'm going to do that too. I'm just competitive. It's not even spiritual. But they're not going to outdo me. I'm the pastor. You're not eating food? I'm not drinking water. Well, I got to wait. <laughs> Maybe you want to do a Daniel fast. Maybe you want to try it. What is a Daniel fast? No meats, no sweets, no dairy. And you can have as anything else you want, as much of it as you want. That doesn't sound that bad until you think about it. <laughs> no meat, no sweets, no dairy. You can have anything and everything else. Maybe you want to do an intermittent fast. Maybe you want to do a clean eating fast. I don't know what you want to do, but I'm telling you, I want you to do something. Because I am, by position, the spiritual authority of this house. And that carries a lot of weight, just like I am at my house. Our staff, they don't get to decide whether they're fasting. I can't make you fast. I don't pay you. I can them. And they do it. You know what? And they don't want they don't, to they don't fight it. Why? Because they understand that we, we need to take time right now to lay some things down so that we can lean into the Lord. Whatever it is. And by the way, if you mess up, just keep going. If you give in for a moment, that's okay. Learning how to overcome that, bounce back, reconnect. That's what's important. I'm gonna close with this. As much as I am interested in what you are fasting, because remember, there are some things that if you're connected to them, you cannot accomplish what God has for you. If you're not sifted, There are some things that are in the way. And if you don't sift those things, then you will miss out on the things that God wanted to do. So fasting is important. But what's even more important than what you fast over the next 21 days, you may wanna write this down, is what you form over the next 21 days. That you listen to more than just one sermon a week or one podcast. That you hear God's word more than just one day a week. That you develop a devotional plan. A daily time in God's word. That you develop, come on, you develop a prayer life. It's not something you do, it's who you are. See, that's why fasting is so important because every time that you wanted what you're always willing to just and able to just go get out of the refrigerator or out of the vending machine for the next 21 days, every time you want it, you're going to remember why you can't have it. And instead of just having that thing and moving on about your day, you're gonna remember I'm fasting and then you're gonna think about Jesus and you're actually gonna spend time with God that you would've just wasted beforehand. See, fasting prioritizes him whether you want it to or not because your stomach is tied to your spirit. Think I'm a lie. Don't eat anything for the next three days how angry your spirit gets. Feed somebody that's upset. Watch how happy they get. Why? Because your stomach is tied to your spirit. But what you form, what you form in, in how you worship and what you listen to. So again, I want to invite you right here where you are. This is not the time to exit. It's the time to examine. Remember, this is the year of reflection. That's what the Lord told me. So that's what we're going to do. I want to invite you right now to ask three questions right where you are. You may want to write it down. You may want to type it in a note on your phone. I I don't know, but we did this as a staff and so I'm I'm inviting you to do it with us right now. Ask the Lord, what do you want me to fast? Write down what he says and do your best. Lord, what, what do I need to fast? What can I fast? If you don't know personally, ask a friend, ask a parent. (laughs) <laughs> ask a spouse. They'll tell you whether you want them to or not. What can I fast? Now ask this. This is important. This is essentially important because we're not just dieting for the next. I don't diet. I don't even like it. God, what can I form? What what habit can I form? What have I been wanting to begin that I haven't? Prayer life, worship, Word, reading, studying, listening, writing, meditating. By the way, on the Word, day and night, not just random. What habit? Your body is just as important as your spirit and soul as long as your spirit and soul are dwelling in it. What healthy habit do you need to form over the next 21 days that will add years to your life and people to God's kingdom? Final question, what do you believe in God for this year? We did this Wednesday night. Some people wrote it down on cards and mailed it in. If you wanna write what you're praying for and believing God for this year and write it down on an index card, mail it to our office or drop it by our office, We'll hold on to it. We will not open it. We will hold on to it and mail it back to you next year. And we have seen testimony after testimony after testimony of people who have been praying and fasting. Why? Because I'm telling you, why do we fast? So that the light of God would break through the dawn. So that the healing of the Lord would come quickly. This is why we fast. So that we know that God hears us from heaven. What are you praying and believing for in 2022? Let's pray and fast together. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, I pray right now, if anybody in this room is not planted in you, if they don't know you, if they're not following you, if they're not living for you, I pray that right now, they would very simply repent and believe. God, change their mind about their current direction their current way of life, repent and turn to you. Believe, put their faith and their trust, their spirit, their soul, they're all into you right now. Come on, if that's you and you need to give your life to Jesus today, if you need to give your life back to Jesus today, I wanna invite you right where you are to open your hands. Whether you're in the house or watching online later, just open your hands right where you are. The church is gonna pray with you this morning. We're gonna pray out loud so that you know you are not alone and if you want to become part of the church if you want to become part of the body of christ if you want to be a child of god then confess this prayer out loud with us today come on let's say it together jesus forgive me where i've fallen i've been distracted disobedient i have not prioritized my time or my desires for you today I repent I turn away and I turn to you I believe you gave your life so I could live you died on the cross you paid for my sin my disobedience but you were raised from the dead so I could be born again a new creation in you may I abide in you remain in you produce the fruit of abiding. May I follow you with all of my heart from this day forward. I surrender all right now
1: in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, can you give God praise today?